FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 178 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. We're your host, Denise and Jason Venable. Yes, I'm back. Yes. You back. I'm back <laughs> in the saddle again. Key change. Or just no key. I'm not sure. <laughs> Thanks, love. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we're going to talk about all things Wolverine in May 2016. And to keep it clean. Yeah, because our uh, executive producer is, uh, is taking notes over here. That doesn't rhyme with E. Oh, so I didn't realize we were rhyming. <laughs> you really should, like, pass me a sticky note <laughs> before we record. You didn't hear the natural rhythm? No, I didn't. 2016 Wolverine. Keep it clean. Keep it clean. Oh, sorry. Now I hear it. I need a new spleen. Well. Oh, what? <laughs> you have one? Are you no. offering me I yours? I was trying to think of... Um, you don't know what the spleen does. You can't no. make... <laughs> I was going to say, um, that's peachy keen. Oh, yeah, there you go. Sorry, that took a really long time to get there. <laughs> that's okay. So, yeah, so we're going to talk about all the comics for this month. And um, that's about it. We got, we got a sweeping baby, so we're on the clock. Yeah, <laughs> and I went back to work. Mm. Yeah. It's rough. It's rough, y'all. Do you hear my pain? <laughs> Indeed. But comics would cheer you up, right? Yes, and Georgie. Georgie would cheer me up. Oh. Jo- hear that, Georgie? Send us a cheer-up tweet. Yeah, I need a cheer-up tweet. Okay. So you're on the clock, too, Georgie. Darn Skippy. <laughs> All right, well, that's enough preamble. You ready to talk about some comics? Let's do it. All right, here we go. All right, so first up, we have our main squeezes. Squeezy. Yep, we have all new Wolverine number eight and Old Man Logan number six. Ooh. All new Wolverine number eight, The Box, part one. Written by Tom Taylor. Art by Marcio Takara. Colors by Jordan Boyd. And letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo! Production designed by Manny Maderos. And cover by Bingle. And on the cover, we have Wolverine in the shadow of the old Wolverine. Yeah. It's a pretty cool cover as far as what it symbolizes. Mm hmm. I don't, I don't know. I like it better on the iPad. Really? I hate it on the iPad. Oh, no. It like, looks like light and shadow. Mm, yeah, but it hers. It's backlit. Yeah, I guess yours makes it look like his shadow is in front of her. Like she's in shadow because he's in front of her. I think he is. Shadow. Or she is. Like he's in front of her? Like he's between the viewer... 
and the character. Oh, okay. Right? It doesn't look, to me, it doesn't look like that from the iPad. When Mm -hmm. I look at your floppy, it does. What does it look like to you on the iPad? She's standing in front of a wall. She is. Right. That has the silhouette painted on it. Oh. (laughs) It doesn't look like a shadow. It's too, like, streaky. Okay. See? Like, it's too see-through and streaky to look like a shadow. Plus, I can't stand this all-new story. The box starts now. Oh, that's classic comics. That's cheesy. (laughs) Okay. I saw that, and I was like, all-new story, the box. Just end it there. The whole starts now? They're letting you know it's a new story, so if you're worried about, and you haven't been buying it, and you want to try it out, you're not in the middle of something. You can start with a new story. Mm. It's marketing. Bad, bad marketing. I don't know. I don't know. I'd like to talk to a comic book marketer and see, like, in focus groups, actually, I don't even do focus groups. Focus groups don't even give you a right. Well, plus, answer. how many kids can you fit in your mom's basement? <laughs> no, I'm just curious how much of that actually works, or is it a throwback to someone saying, oh, it does work, so they put it on there anyway because they think it works, but it really doesn't work. I think part of it is like a classic feel, and I think part of it is an attempt to let people know where the new trade is going to start. Yeah, but you already have a giant banner across the top that says Road to Civil War Two. Yes, the Road to Civil War Two. And I, for the life of me, have no idea how this ties into Civil War Two. I have no idea. <laughs> I saw that and was like, what? And it's the box. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the box leads to Civil War. I don't know. Maybe there's a bunch of chess players and they all have muskets. and. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You're yeah. like moving on. <laughs> So, what happens in this issue? Um, in a nutshell, <laughs> <laughs> Laura and Gabby are walking around with their badger. No, their wolverine. wolverine. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's right there on the cover. I'm sorry. And some old lady says, you shouldn't be walking that dog. And so then Gabby says something. Laura says, you need to go to school. Gabby says, no, I don't. Laura says, okay, but I'm going to get you this. 25 and chicken because it's the best it's 25 flavors it sounded like dr pepper and chicken yeah or baskin robbins i think it's chinese food okay anyway so while they're waiting for the chinese food uh they get an urgent call from maria hill agents of shield hey go up to your roof they get on to the helicarrier and maria hill informs them that one of their agents went out to stop a purchase of some illegal something or other. The box. But there's nothing left. There's nothing left to the buyer. There's nothing left to the seller. There's nothing left to her team. There's nothing just left on the box. Just the box. And so apparently they'd gotten somebody to help out. And all he said was that it had a faint smell. And Laura agrees that it had a faint smell. A familiar but different smell. Yes. And then you come find out that it was old man Logan. Yeah. And so Laura says, well, I'm not helping you. I could care less about Logan or old man Logan because he's not really Logan. Yeah. He's not my Wolverine. Yeah. So as she's about to say hasta luego, they decide to open the box. And when they open the box, 
Wolverine gets the scent and realizes it's Fing Fang Fooms. Did I say that right? Yeah. It's his um, smell <laughs> in a nutshell. <laughs> this is just. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. And so Fing Fang Foom erupts from the ocean and tries to take out the helicarrier, to which Laura says, I know where old man Logan is. And the very last panel is her jumping into Fing Fang Foom's mouth. Yeah. The end. All right. Fair enough. So, yeah. So, I really like the colors at the beginning. Kind of yeah, I gave an eerie. Reflection kind of thing. There's a, there's a meet and a buy where someone's trying to sell the box. But S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of takes it over. And um, we see Agent Lee has a big scar across her face. I'm assuming that exists for a reason. We'll probably find more about her later. But you probably won't. She's gone. Well, is or she? Or we think she's gone. Right. They had trackers in them, and the trackers were embedded in their bodies, right. and they cannot be found. Yeah. And so uh, then the dealer opens the box and the show people panic and that's the last we know. No, close the box. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so I really enjoyed kind of Laura and Gabby walking the Wolverine around. And that was fun. Um, I didn't enjoy, I enjoyed how Laura was drawn. I did not enjoy how Gabby was drawn in this issue. Really? I feel like they tried to draw her younger I don't know. See, I always felt like Gabby was drawn as like a 15-year-old or a 16-year-old, you know, mid-teens. And I kind of feel like in this one, she, they're trying to draw her as if she's like 10 or 12. Okay. I can see that, I guess. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I like how Maria Hill like answers Laura's phone for her. And puts herself on speaker. Yeah. And I love how they're like, can she do that? And she's like, I can do that. Right. And then there's a knock on the door and we get a snicked as Laura's going to answer the door. But that's not Maria Hill. That's the uh, Chinese food delivery guy. And Maria Hill has paid for the Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, when Gabby sees the Hill carrier, she's like, I want one. Right. And then while they're ha- the grown-ups are having grown-up talk on the Hill carrier, she's in the background slurping noodles. <laughs> Sounds and, like and they Max. have the, the box in a lab trying to pry it open. Um, I like that S.H.I.E.L.D. officially lists uh, Old Man Logan as the alternate timeline James Howitt, a.k.a. Wolverine, a.k.a. Logan. He's on Storm's team. And yeah, Laura gets pissed. She's like, this is not the guy I know. Like, he's, I he's don't a care fraud, that he's missing. Whatever. Uh, yeah, she's just mad. And... Um, the panel, we have a double-page spread where Fing Fang Foom with his nice name and a nice box with his own little font. It's very uh, old school, very retro. Um, he attacks the helicarrier. It's pretty nice, pretty nice double-page spread. So who is Fing Fang Foom? He's a dragon-type person. Who obviously lives in the water right off of New York City. Sometimes. Okay. I guess. Or he can travel that way anyway. Irregardless, he shoots fire. Laura gets burnt. We get an awesome panel of her pulling her mask on. I thought that was really great looking. Yeah, I did like that one. And then the panel of her jumping into Fing Fang Foom's mouth. 
is a is a last uh, full page splash page. It looks really really nice. That was actually my favorite piece of art in the whole book. That may be the cover image for the episode. It's a good one. Yeah. So I thought the colors all the way through the book were really great. Yeah, I enjoyed them. Um, the art I liked. I liked it better than the previous art. Okay, fair enough. Um, I didn't like love it, but I, I liked it. I, I found it really good. It's really just, I don't know. It's nice. Okay. It's nice art. Um, so what are you going to grade it? What do you think of the story? Mm. I thought it was fun. I thought it was pseudo-quasi-filler. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, it doesn't feel like super important or whatever, but no. we got to see more of Lori and Gabby hanging out. Um, kind of have the fun fing fang foom thing. That's always nice. We have like his trig- a box full of like his mucus or whatever um, that he's attracted to. Okay, so... Let's talk about this Gabby Laura thing. Okay. Because I I haven't made up in my mind how I. In one way, I feel like I know how Laura's should be. The course of action she should be taking. But then she's also not a mom, so. I don't know when they have that whole conversation and she's like, so Gabby, you really should go to school. Gabby's like, nope, not going to school. And you didn't go to school. Yeah. And basically Laura's like, all right, well, I don't want you to miss out on things in life. Like, you know, these noodles. (laughs) I was kind of like, no, I want to see Laura. Like she has such a backbone to everything else that this is, um, Yeah, but Laura, but Laura's still growing up herself. Like she's responsible for Gabby, but she's not a full-fledged adult. She's not even to the place where where Logan was towards the end of his life. Like she's still kind of adjusting to like having a, a good life and a real life. And even though she's a hero and it's not really normal, it's it's much more positive for her. And she's trying to kind of live up to Logan's legacy and be a hero and be the Wolverine, but. She hasn't really figured it all out yet, so I don't know if she can really be like a mother figure. She's almost It's almost like a big sister, and they're kind of like home alone, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it would be more interesting if there was more conflict between Gabby and Laura as far as Laura trying to do the right thing but trying to balance, like, I want to be your friend, so I don't want to sound too motherly but kind of like a oh what was that show party of five never watched it okay anyway it the premise is is that the like 20 year old dad or the 20 year old son their parents die in a car crash and he basically becomes guardian right of his other siblings and so the first couple of episodes he's like do whatever you want like it's cool i don't care and then he kind of realizes like oh they have to do their homework like their future depends on it and so he several episodes he struggles to like 
be the parent and make them do things that they don't want to do and yet still be the cool brother and he kind of trips and it's funny along the way how he trips over his own self so I guess I kind of wanted to see that instead of her just being like all right want noodles yeah so we'll see how it progresses I mean they're just getting started so if anything they're at the beginning of that right show you referenced <laughs> All right, well, before we grade this issue, I want to mention Dan's thoughts. Dan, uh, of course, from the Intercomics podcast, um, which they're now in their Afterbirth series. <laughs> um, he had some comments, and he had this to say about Wolverine number eight. All new Wolverine number eight. Laura and Gabby are a great pair, just like Logan and Juniper before him. I think Autocorrect got the better of you, Dan. I think he... I'm almost 100% sure he meant Logan and Jubilee, um, which were a great classic pair, and I could see some similarities for sure. He then went on to say, Gabby is hilarious. Pet Wolverine is hilarious. Fing Fang Pheromone is the best name for a fragrance I've ever heard. <laughs> now, I want to see the uh, the uh, cologne commercial for Fing Fang Pheromone. <laughs> um, Dan is enjoying Takara's art. A little different, but perfect for the story. Viking the continued theme of Laura meets the Marvel Universe. A very strong four claws out of six. Then he amends it. Five. I mean five. <laughs> One claw loss for the slight plot, which I think is alluding to kind of what you said. There's just really not a lot of meat to it. Right. And so that's where he lost a claw. But he's going to give all new Wolverine number eight five out of six claws. Oh, wow. Yeah, so what are you going to grade it? I'm only going to give it a four. Okay, yeah, I'm also going to give it, I'm going to go with his original grade, a very strong four out of six claws. Okay. I don't know if I like the art quite as much as he did. I I don't really know what's, like, I, I like it. Like, it looks really good. There's some panels I really love, but then there's, I don't know. Actually, I, I think I like it more than I'm letting on. I don't know. I I can't decide. No, I really like the colors, and there there's some of the art I really really like a lot. So we'll just leave it at that. But yeah, I'm gonna give it a very strong four out of six claws. So will Denise, and then Dan, of course, will amend his score to five out of six claws. And that is the box part one. All new Wolverine number eight. What's in the box? Oh. I was trying to think of a story. Nothing! Nothing's in the box! You're so stupid! I have no idea what you were just <laughs> referencing. Will of Fish. I have no idea. From UHF. No idea. I don't think Cameron listens to the new episodes, but if he did, he would get that. Yeah, do you hear crickets over here? It's a weird Al Yankovic movie. Never seen it. I went and saw it at the Alamo Draft House. Okay. Because it was one of my favorite movies growing up as a kid. Let's just repeat that sentence. You (laughs) went and saw it. Fine. I'll show it to you anything. Okay. You'll hate it. He'll love it. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that we're going to move right along from uh, Weird Al. I'm sorry. He's now Weirdo Al. (laughs) Uh, to Old Man Logan, number six. 
This is Border Town, Part 2, written by Jeff Lemire, art by Andrea Sorrentino, colors by Marcello Maiolo, letters by VCs Corey Pettit, Woo-hoo. and the cover is by Sorrentino and Maiolo. And we have a, like a continuation of the cover to number 5. It is very monochromatic, all black and white, and I think the snowflakes are still a light blue, lest someone bite my head off. I'm just being color accurate. Yes. And then we have a hand of a Lady Deathstrike's. So we have a bunch of trees in the background, and Lady Deathstrike's hand kind of makes a tree. But there's blood on the fingertips or on the claw tips. Uh, Old Man Logan is inside the hand. And then in the snow, there is a trail of blood. I think it's a really great cover. I <laughs> I actually like it. <laughs> she likes it. She I really like it. likes it. Um, no, I think it's really fantastic looking. Um, yeah. All right. So remember that um, Old Man Logan took a break after he joined the Extraordinary X-Men to go protect his young future wife so that the future past never happens to her. But he's not in love with her. He just wants to protect her. Creepy. Lemire, no, Lemire went out of the way in this book to make it not creepy as opposed to all the creepiness he has. An extraordinary X-Men. So, we go back to this town in Alaska. And destroy my iPad. That is frozen in. It has an ice road that, that freezes over. And so he's stuck there for a few months, working in the mines. And um, Maureen, his young future wife, and her mom knock on the door. And they're knock, looking knock, for knock. the dog. What was his name? Bandit? No. Um, Mongrel? Not <laughs> uh, Burger. Oh, like, you know I read that as Booger. <laughs> I did too the first time. And then I thought, why do they want to make their dog into a sandwich? <laughs> but uh, anyway, Burger is missing. And of course, the readers, we all know that Burger's uh <laughs> well, been turned into hamburger <laughs> by the Lady Deathstrike and the Reavers. Oh, gross. Um, but Logan's like, I ain't seen it. And Maureen is upset. She knows something happened to the dog. And, of course, old man Logan doesn't want to see his young future wife upset. So he promises to go find the dog. I love, he says, I'm the best. uh, Oh, yeah. Can you find him? And he goes, I know I can. I'm the best there is at finding burgers. Yeah, yeah. uses the old Wolverine cliche that makes it all sweet. Aw. Aw. Warm and fuzzy. Yeah. So then, kind of go back to creepy, <laughs> where he's waving goodbye to his young future wife, and uh, we get one of those red squares at the bottom, Ugh. and it's like a sultry chin of his future wife from the future past. Is that what that's right? supposed to be? I don't know. It's more... Again, why it, I don't like the red panels. Or is it current? I don't think it's a young girl's chin. I think it's his old wife's chin. Care, I'm I'm over the red panels. Oh hey, there's a dead person in a barrel. No, I don't think it's a dead person. I think it's the person that ripped up the dog hiding behind. Oh, hiding behind the wall. You're right. I think that's Lady Deathstrike's hand. Huh. All right. I didn't even and notice that my first read through. Lady Deathstrike hiding behind. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Get rid of the red panels. It could be. Maybe you're right. Not creepy. Never mind. So, old man Logan uh, walks around looking for the dog. 
He smells it. He tracks it through town. He says hi. He talks about how this is the perfect place for him. And then he uh, smells. He's going to protect his young future wife. Um, I'd like to reiterate that several times he talks about how only three months out of the year can you get to this place. Right. Otherwise, it's by boat or by air. Right. I wonder which one the bad guys came in on. Mm, so let's put it this way. If you can only get to the town three months out of the year, what does that mean for the rest of the year? They're snowed in. They're stuck You're there. You're stuck. Yeah. So we have a like a horror movie scenario where no one can leave the town and <gasps> something bad has come to the town. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So he smells blood. He finds the hamburger dog. Um, and then he smells something. So now he's going to avenge the dog, avenge the burger. Um and he smells machine oil, gasoline, and he realizes he made a mistake in coming here, and Uh-oh. he sees a big helicopter. He brought something bad with him. Then the the panel goes red, and we have machine gun sounds. Okay, but how did he bring something bad? He came on a motorcycle. Right, but he knows that trouble followed him. Oh, okay. I'll well, buy it. Well, these people aren't here for the mine or for the townsfolk. When they take care of the townsfolk, they shoot up everybody in the town. Old Man Logan runs in in a panic. Sees people dead. We get a big red and orange thoom. Really nice colors. Um, then we see one of the Reavers. I have trouble keeping the Reavers' names apart. I think his name is uh, Bonebreaker. He's the one that's like a torso. but From the waist down, he's like a little tank. So he's like a, what is that, a centurion? Cyborg. No, like the like half horse, half dog. Oh, thing. a minotaur? Minotaur? Yeah. Centaur. Centaur. Uh, yeah. So he's a centaur with a modern day centaur <laughs> with a tank. Yeah, with a little tank. So old man Logan recognizes the Reavers. Then we get an awesome like double page. It's not really like a, well, it's a spread. It's not a splash. It's a spread. Um, it's all like an orange and red and yellow. And we see like this Gatling gun pop up out of uh, Bonebreaker's uh, feet, I guess. And he's shooting at Old Man Logan. And Old Man Logan's just taking the bullets and he's working his way. Working my way back to you, Bonebreaker. When I pop my claws from inside. Okay. No, no Four Seasons fans. <laughs> anyway, he works his way through a hell of bullets, cuts the gun up. He's about to kill Bonebreaker. Uh-oh, Bonebreaker has a new surprise. He has a belly button cannon. It wasn't there before. No, it wasn't. It pops up. That's why you have the sound. That's just weird. <laughs> it is very strange. Does it shoot lint? Obviously not, unless his lint... Is. is explosive. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he blows old man Logan away. Um, then he runs over his legs. And then we get an awesome panel. It's like black. And then old man Logan is like in red and black uh, monochrome. And then an orange arg across the background. It looks really, really cool. Very stylized. Almost kind of 70s looking. It's great. Great, great, great. Love it. Um the old man Logan has his legs are shredded. His healing factor is working, but it's not quite that fast. But he's gonna push off the pain anyway, and he cuts his way up 
through the wheels, through the tread, through the tank, and leaves Bonebreaker just a, a torso, waist up. That's all he is. So is, does he leak oil or bleed blood? Probably a mixture of both. Gross. Yeah, well, you know, he's a reaver. He needs an oil change. Yeah, and then he, uh, Old Man Logan kills him. Spikes him right through the head with a shock. The local sheriff shows up, tells Old Man Logan to freeze. Then we actually have a snack. Ooh, so a if, double snack. Yeah, so if nothing else, this one has to be nominated just for existing. I want a snack. <laughs> I'm working my way up to a snack. But anyway, we get a double snack as he does freeze. He's like, but hey, I ain't the bad guy. Uh, where's the safest place in town? Get everybody there. It's the quarry. Quarry? Query. Quar- Not query. That's the question. <laughs> Or a report. <laughs> quarry. The rock quarry. 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 I don't quarry. know. Quarry. 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 <laughs> Something. <laughs> the place where the rocks are. And um, Old Man Logan's going to run home and get his stuff, but nope, they torched his cabin. Boom. Yep. So then they go Things to the quarry. Boom. Uh, to the place where all the rocks are. And Maureen's mom says, your your young future wife and all the other kids are gone. They're at the school in the basement. Let that sink in. At the school in the basement. <laughs> where they learn. In the basement. <laughs> the church basement. The church basement. <laughs> because education is not as important as religion. <laughs> so you go to the church and worship, and then you shove everyone in the basement and learn your ABCs. Maybe it was cleaning day. You know, Maybe. like Ethan has field trips. Well, their field trip was to the church <laughs> basement because there's nothing to do there. And it's not like, okay, because <laughs> we, we, when we get to the basement, we realize that the kids realize something's going on. And they're like, shh, don't say anything. Right, don't Stop say anything. being loud. But, but they weren't having church or, or they weren't having school in the church, heard an explosion and went to the basement to hide. That would make sense. Right. But no, the mom says, the mom they're in knew. the school, <laughs> in the church basement. <laughs> so the mom knew without knowing. Right. I Aww. think Jeff Lemire grew up in a Tarantino movie. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> From dust till dawn. <laughs> yeah, his life must have been pretty shitty. Um but yes, the kids are in the basement. And, um, and the church just looks like something out of Tarantino. <laughs> no, I don't know. I think he'd have more of a Spanish Spanish uh, cathedral. Not cathedral. Um, chapel. Chapel, yes. Mission. The word I'm looking for. Um, or like an old, like, wooden, like one of those churches that's like one room in a steeple, like from Kill Bill. Yeah, but this is in the mountains. Yes. No. But it's a very plain building. That's been kind of cool. It's like a cutout cross on the brick or stucco or whatever that is. Um, whatever they mine in the quarry. I'm assuming everything is built from the rocks, from the rock place. But anyway, we see the the bad reaver, and he looks kind of like um, the latest version of Dr. Octopus before He's he died. Got tentacles. Yes, he has tentacles and... And all, razor blades for his fingers. And needles and all kinds of torture devices on his hands. He kind of looks like he's got a succubus face, like a yeah, he does. Octopus has something type. going on. Yeah, I'm assuming it's a flashlight. Um, 
And then behind him, we see Old Man Logan. Sorry, bub, not going to happen. And we, the guy gets pulled away. We get a snicked off panel. And then, <laughs> then Old Man Logan comes in and leans on the door like the Fonz. Even kind of has his hair kind of hey. hey! Okay, it's just me. Sit on it, Reaver. So his young future wife comes and gives him a hug. Um, he's going to get the kids out of there. He asks Maureen to be strong because he knows that she is. And then they walk out and they see the Reaver's head on the floor. And <laughs> Logan's like, uh, don't look at that. <laughs> Keep your eyes straight. Keep your eyes Just straight. Just follow me. And, and we're walking. Yeah. And we're walking. So he walks outside, sniffs the air. The kids are like, what are you smelling? And Logan says, somebody farted. Whoa. Oh. No, that's not what he says. Oh, no. He says, snicked. We're not alone. We're not alone. And then we see some more Reavers. And one of them has a green hood and a green red or a green eye. And somehow he grabs one of the kids and says, give yourself up or we kill the whole town. And that's that. Ooh, that looks nice on the iPad. Yeah, the glowy thing looks Yeah, the little glowy thing looks nice. Yeah, anything that has to glow looks amazing on the iPad. Yeah, looks really great. All right, what do you think of the art? Yeah, yeah, I loved it. Sorrentino can do no wrong in my book. And the colors by Maiolo are just as beautiful as ever. Just a great looking book that Denise doesn't care for. No, I... <laughs> I don't mind the story. I just... No, but the vision... You know, you're not a fan of the visual of this I'm not... Book. You know what it is? I'm not a fan of how Old Man Logan himself is drawn. And that drives me crazy and makes me hate everything else. <laughs> Fair There's enough. my honesty right there, yeah, folks. No, that's a fair opinion. I don't agree with it, but it's fair. I feel like they just draw squiggles on his face. Like, I know it's his age I line. prefer that to, like, the Extraordinary X-Men where Ramos draws him, like, super grandpa, no lips. I just wish there was, I don't know, like, maybe not as many wrinkles, like... Maybe a few more expression lines, like around the mouth, but like the weird right. crinkle. Anyway, I'm. That's, that's my beef. Yeah, that's just Sorrentino's style, and so I don't, I don't mind it. But um, but I, I it's a fair criticism. Um, what do you think of the story? It's getting interesting. Yeah, I liked it. I didn't. It wasn't like rock my socks off, but it was pretty good. I I will admit I. I will admit it's it's hard for me. Like I like the story, but I think I would love the story a whole lot more if I could if I could get past the art. Okay. And so, yeah. It it was a good story, not great. I'm intrigued, but I know when you tell me, "Oh, you have an old man Logan to read," I'm be like, "Ugh." <laughs> I got to muscle through that art again. Okay. Well, we cannot be in more different places, but we've... We are always We've established that pretty much every issue on this book. So yeah. That is what it is. So what are you going to grade then, Old Man Logan, number six? I give it four out of six. <laughs> I know. You're going to give it six out of six. No. We're in exact... <laughs> for all of our 
quote-unquote disagreement, we're going to give this exactly the same grade. Really? I gave it four out of six claws. A really strong four out of six. I really like the art. Um, the story was, it's fine. It's kind of a middle chapter of a middle story. So. It's a middle chapter of a middle story in the middle of the series. nowhere. Yeah. So, that, I mean, I, I really enjoyed the issue, but like I said, it didn't knock my socks off. But, but yeah. So, that's Old Man Logan number six, and those are our main books. So, Denise is going to hop off, and uh, we'll finish up with some uh, Paka Paka Blue Lips and a couple other things, and call it a day. All righty. Okay, so next up, we're going to give you some uh, Apocalypse War updates. Or as Ethan would like to say, Apaka Paka Blue Lips. <laughs> and we have, um, well, kind of our three different Apocalypse Wars stories. And we got all three installments this time. We're going to look at, uh, of course, Wolverine is an all-new X-Men number nine. Old Man Logan is an Extraordinary X-Men number 10. And Sabretooth is an Uncanny X-Men number 7. So our three different apocalypse stories um, kind of running concurrently. Which I still don't haven't really seen any indication whether they're going to dovetail into each other or just be three separate stories. And that's why it's Apocalypse Wars. And not war. I don't know. We shall see. But first up is Wolverine. An all new X-Men number 9. Written by Dennis Hopeless. Pencils by Mark Bagley. Inks by Andrew Hennessy. Colors by Nolan Woodard. And letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo. Cover is by Bagley, Hennessy, and Woodard. And on the cover, all new X-Men finally catches up to their... Homage to uh, X-Factor number 6. And it's fine, but like all of these, none of these um, on any of the three titles have, to me, been as good as the original cover they're referencing. Um, it's not bad. It's just, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's really kind of only cool because of the homage, not because of the actual cover itself. And that's kind of been the story on all of these. Uh, but of course we have this time Evans floating head and the all new X-Men falling around him as you would expect. Um, yeah. So we start off with Evans' birthday party in what's left of Utopia. Kid Gladiator is the DJ. Uh, Laura is taking brew on a um, ice slide. And um... She and Angel are having fun separately. And then kind of sigh and like whatever when they kind of see each other or think about each other. They're intentionally avoiding each other and having fun without the other one. Yep. Um, so Evan, um, you know, he really enjoys the party, but we kind of get some insight that maybe you know, he's, he's generally pretty happy, but he feels like when he does have his little dark moments, he can't share them because everyone will freak out and be like, oh, is this when he turns into Apocalypse? So he leaves the party, goes wondering. He finds Beast in the lab. Uh, Beast is doing time trials. He's decided 
and everything is just screwed beyond repair, and the original X-Men have to go back to their original time. And he's got all kinds of time machine doohickeys he's working on. We have a, a time square and the little platform from Doctor Doom. Um, one of my favorites, they have the the baseball bat with the time diamonds from that um, astonishing, I forget which way it goes. Is it astonishing Spider-Man and Wolverine? Or astonishing Wolverine and Spider-Man? I don't remember. But the one by, uh, I believe the writer was Zeb Wells. I know the artist was Adam Kubert. Um, it was a good little, little mini-series. Anyway, there's, there's these time diamonds. And a guy builds them into a bat. So Beast has that now. And he has some other time travel paraphernalia. And he's working on it. And uh, Evan comes in. He wants to borrow pickles. Pickles, of course, is eating. At first I thought it was birthday cake. But it also kind of looks like a a pie-sliced-shaped piece of like beef. Like with marbled fat on the edge. I don't know. I'm not sure. But anyway, Pickles is eating as he does. And Evan and Beast is like, sure, take him away. So he goes to uh, where Evan grew up. And Evan kind of strolls down memory lane. But of course, all the memories are fake. Because everything he was raised in was virtual reality. And so even his happy memories aren't real. And he laments, you know, kind of just about his, his emotional state. Um, he goes back home. Talks to Idy. Everyone's cleaning up after the party. He goes back to see Beast. He finds the Egyptian mask that the Doctor Strange gave him, or, or Evan finds it, and he's drawn to it. Of course, he has you know some Egyptian in his blood, and he uh, he uh, puts it on, and he and Beast travel through the time cube to ancient Egypt. Um, so that one little interchange with Laura and Warren is our only Wolverine appearance. But when we get to Egypt, basically there's some apocalypse kids running around killing people and uh, kind of arguing over the uh, benefit of killing people. And Beast and Evan drop out of the sky and then the mask bounces off. So their way home appears to be lost to them. Um, so we have these two apocalypse kids, one who loves killing people and one who's a little hesitant. Um... There's some fighting. Uh, the one who's hesitant grabs Evan. He notices him and runs off. And the one that loves killing people, he, she hunts, he or she, I'm not real sure, hunts down Beast um, and then decides to pursue the other kid with Evan. So lots of horsing, lots of archering, stuff like that. Then it turns out we find out that, of course, the two kids on the murder spree are Apocalypse kids. And the one that saved Evan reveals himself and wants to go back. He realizes that Evan's from a different time. He's like, take me with you. That's it. Um, the art was fine. Bag was fine. Colors were nice. Uh, the story was fine. I mean, time travel. Going back to Egypt. The the part with Evan was cool, like as far as just kind of his inner monologue and inner tor turmoil. So I will give all new X Men number nine four out of six claws. So next up we have Extraordinary X Men number ten, written by Jeff Lemire, pencils by Umberto Ramos, inks by Victor Alazaba, colors by Edgar Delgado, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, and the cover is by Ramos and Delgado. 
And here we have um, the Sentinel Cerebra with the X-Men fighting a bunch of mole men. Um, it's an okay cover. It's kind of hard to tell what's going on, as Ramos can be sometimes. So remember, the young X-Men and Colossus went to the future with the Ark. We were 600 potential mutant souls or genomes or whatever. Um, embryos. <laughs> That's the word I'm looking for. Um, and of course, Colossus ends up serving Apocalypse. Uh, the X-Men come to the rescue, but they're, now they're fighting the Horsemen. And now they're fighting Colossus. And Colossus basically says that Apocalypse was going to give the young mutants in the Ark a chance to survive, but the X-Men showed up, and that's cheating. I don't know if Apocalypse ever really cares about cheating. That's kind of weird. But Colossus is offended and is fighting his old teammates, and he's going to steal the Ark. Um... Old Man Logan is overly concerned about Gene, almost exclusively concerned about Gene, which is annoying. Um, there's a couple of times where he's holding her hand, so we have that whole awkward grossness. Um, meanwhile, back in Limbo, Magic and Sapna are testing out her powers. She can make rock golems. That's kind of cool. Um, and of course, that's the stuff that Ramos can draw well. Um, Glob Herman is going to confess, back in uh, the future, Glob Herman is going to confess his love to Jean. That's fine. But of course, Old Man Logan is holding her hand. Um, Storm gives up, which, I don't know. I'm not buying it. That's what she would do. I know she's under cracking in, under the pressure of being the leader, so to speak, but she's been the leader before, and I'm just not real crazy about this uh, characterization. Um, she's like, Every future we ever see is terrible. I give up. And then Iceman's like, no, I'm not giving up. If, if anyone is proof that you can get a fresh start late in life, it's me. Get it? Because I'm gay. Yeah, kind of beating you over the head with it, which is fine. I like Iceman. So, and I like the decision they made. So that's not a, not a comment on that. It's just kind of very like, oh, look at what I'm saying. Anyway, um, so the, the, they're they have to they're gonna go try to track down the globe. They walk across the uh, corpse of Galactus. Apparently, that's where the mole people live, or at least some of them. So they fight all the mole people again. The mole people look great with Ramos's style. Looks really good. Um, Gene falls down. Old man Logan loses his shit trying to save her. Of course, she doesn't need saving. Um, so he's just, like, I don't know, another characterization, don't care for. He's just, like, obsessed with, like, young Gene and, like, making bad decisions based on his obsession with her. It's, it's not cool. Um, so anyway, back in X-Haven, Magic confronts Forge that he needs to get over Storm because she got over him. And then they he loses contact with the X-Men and Magic decides to go back to the future. Back to the future. Um, back in the future. Oh, by the way, I skipped a part. That also made me mad. And poor characterization. So while they're fighting the, the big panel where they're fighting the Mole Men, a Nightcrawler is brutally slicing them with swords. Not, not the Nightcrawler I know and love. He would fight them, but he wouldn't murder them. He would want, you know, he respects the dignity of life and would want to incas and, um, 
put him out of commission for sure, but he's not just going to slice their heads off with swords. Um, so they didn't care for that. Just another example of, I, I just don't think Lemire gets Nightcrawler at all. Not even a little bit. I would say maybe 0% at the top end. Um, I'm starting to feel like he doesn't get any of these characters, which is weird. And I cannot say enough times how annoying it is that he writes Old Man Logan so well in the Solo series and so poorly in this series. But anyway, so they they get to an apocalypse temple in the future. The horsemen attack. Colossus does a fastball. A fast, a fastball. <laughs> does a fastball special with a symbiote, and it lands on Old Man Logan. And we're gonna have next issue Old Man Venom. Uh, the art is okay in this issue. Kind of kind of sloppy. Um, the series is kind of starting to turn back around. It kind of loses everything with me on this one. Um, I just don't care. I don't like the characterization. I'm almost all the way through the book. Just I just don't. I mean, the story, the plot is fine. It's really neither here nor there. I just didn't really. I don't know. I'm back to back to not enjoying this book very much. I'm gonna give Extraordinary X Men number ten. And this is a podcast that goes nicked. So if you have a book where Wolverine's just annoyingly crappy, then that's going to affect my grade. <laughs> but anyway, even without that, it's just not that great. I'm going to give Extraordinary X-Men number 10, 2 out of 6 claws. Uncanny X-Men number 7 as Sabretooth is written by Colin Bunn, art by Ken Lashley, colors by Nolan Woodard, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, and then Greg Land and Nolan Woodard did the cover. And the cover is kind of cool. Um, the concept of the story aside, the, the cover is interesting. It's basically like the stained glass window and then a line down the middle. And one side's like bright and orangey and one side's dark and purpley. And then in front of the stained glass, you have half of a body. Like, like The line basically makes a two-faced angel. <laughs> like from Batman, two-faced. Um, one side is like light, fluffy, feathery angel. And the other side is dark, brooding archangel. It's a cool cover. It's it's nice looking. Um, I'm not really entirely sure what happens in this comic, to be honest. And we have six months ago with a character that I don't know if we're supposed to recognize or not. The way it's written is like, like there's some, uh, it's like there's an expected air of familiarity, but I just don't recognize. I mean, it's like if Emma Frost was a man and had a beard. Because he's like kind of diamond for me. So I don't know who that's supposed to be. Anyway, he sees Archangel crash. And so again, this is six months ago. So after Secret Wars, but in the gap that we don't really know about. And so I'm guessing maybe in the conflict with the Inhumans and the X-Men, we see Archangel get defeated and he crashes in the... the well, I mean, when, when anyone falls from the sky, they crash to the roof of a barn. And then someone comes and finds them in the barn. So this guy, this diamond guy, or maybe maybe he's not diamond, maybe he's something else. But he finds Archangel and decides he's going to save him. Um, apparently that's the guy that, that turns him into the, the, the tent revival guy. So back to the present, uh, Psylocke and Magneto are watching Angel preach. We see again that he's tore off his wings. And that's kind of, that's, um, that's his message, I guess. Maybe. Uh, kind of the, if, if the, let's see, the Bible verses, 
I, you know what I remember? Uh, well, I'll say the verse first. There's there's an old verse that like, um, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off because it's better to go to heaven maimed than have a have a sinful right hand that's jerking off all the time. Um, <laughs> but you know what I always think of when I think of that verse is there was an old episode of Little House on the Prairie and the mom got really sick and she hadn't, was having like these fever dreams. But while she was having these fever dreams, she, she wanted to read her Bible to feel better, you know, which fine. You know, it's, it should be comforting, right, your religion? Um, so she gets the Bible and she finds that verse. And she decides that, like, the sickness is, like, in her, I don't remember if it's her arm or her leg. But she, like, gets a knife and she, like, warms it up in the fire. So you have this, like, hot metal blade. And she's going to, like, amputate herself. I don't remember what stops her, but something does. Anyway, whenever I think of that verse, I always think of that episode of Little House on the Prairie. Um, anyway, and in fact, Angel is kind of dressed like he's from Little House on the Prairie. He's in a little white robe. Um, anyway, of course, uh, Magneto and Psylocke are offended at the message. Uh, so then we go back to where we have Sabretooth. That's our Sabretooth appearance. Um, he's underneath the tunnels with uh, Monet and Calypso, of course, and the Morlock tunnels. Reminding him of the mutant massacre and all the bad stuff he did. Um, and Clipso says she has fulfilled Xavier's dream. That there are mutants hiding from the uh, tea gas, but there's also humans down there living with them, all in perfect harmony. Um, Magneto and Psylocke confront Angel. He's all nice about it, but he's like, I'm not going anywhere, though. He's been cured. Um, and he offers Psylocke to let him read his memory and make sure, or, like, enter his mind. He's not under mind control, but she does see a memory of something terrible tearing off his wings, but he's like, eh, it's fine. So Psylocke and Magneto leave, or pretend to leave, then they follow Angel into some tunnel, and there's a bunch of apocalypse paraphernalia downstairs, and then we see some of uh, Akaban, Clan Akiba, Clan Akaba, some worshippers, and then we see genocide of one of Apocalypse's children. And he's down there with Angel, and there he's going to slaughter the X Men. Um, we see that something is killing the mutants underground, though, back in New York. It's not the tea gas, but it's something else. And we find out, and this is, I'm assuming, referencing a story I never read. I didn't really read much Generation Next, much, or X, whatever, much to Dan's chagrin. He will probably chastise me for that. I just, it's one of those books that came out when I wasn't collecting, and I never went back and got it when I got back into comics. But um, anyway, uh, so apparently whatever's causing the Morlocks to be sick is Monet's evil brother, who has uh, succubus hands. I don't know. Um, then we go back, Apocalypse and Magneto get beat by genocide and we have that's about it okay cool well um there's a lot i'm not real sure what's going on basically some stories i haven't read some stories i don't know if i've read uh again the character it's just the way bud wrote him he wrote him like it made me feel like i was supposed to know who he was but then i couldn't remember who he was so it made me feel kind of dumb, but, or maybe I just have a bad memory, but maybe it's a brand new character, and I don't, just, I'm not sure. Um, the art is fine. Um, 
I didn't like it as much as the last couple issues that Lashley did, but I mean it's fine. Um, yeah, the story is is fine. I don't I don't really care about it to be honest right now. Um, I feel like uh, this Angel story is just not really. I'm interested to see kind of where it plays out. I guess. I mean, why we have two angels now, and why one is angel without wings, and one is archangel. I did the wings. I mean, they like they like a lizard scenario. All right, so did this guy, angel, archangel, falls in the barn and gets saved by the the diamond guy. Um, then he gets his wings pulled off and turns into regular angel, right? So then, do the wings like go off and grow their own archangel? Is that what's going? I just I don't know. The story could turn around, but right now I'm just kind of ho-hum with it. Um, I'm going to give Uncanny X-Men number 7 2 out of 6 claws. Hate to end negative on this segment. I just, nah, This whole Apocalypse Wars thing is just, eh, whatever. So anyway, but that is our Apocalypse Wars updates. Hope you enjoy them. Apocalypse Apoc- Blue Lips signing off. All right, last but not least will be a brief Wolverine roundup. Yee-haw. And we have Sabretooth uh, going to finish our arc in Deadpool. So we have Deadpool number 11 featuring Sabretooth. This is uh, Fahrenheit 357. Um, written by Gary Dugan. Art by Matteo Lolly. Colors by Ruth Redmond. Letters by VCs Josevino. Cover by the Allreds, Mike and Laura. And... On the cover, we have a yellow circle with Deadpool, and he's holding up a keychain. And on the keys is a little saber-tooth head. It's a fine cover. It's cool. Um, so remember, this whole story is about how Deadpool thinks that Sabretooth killed his parents, but really, he killed his own parents, and Sabretooth just didn't stop him, because, you know, Sabretooth was a bad guy back then. But Sabretooth has decided... That, you know, he has enough kind of dead bodies in his closet that wants two more. And he's trying to turn over a new leaf. And he doesn't want to make Deadpool live with the guilt of killing his own parents. So he's going to let Deadpool believe that Sabretooth did it. He's going to take the fall. Unfortunately, that means that Deadpool wants to murder him. Um, And so he's going to. He's got him tied between a truck and a semi. I'm sorry, a tree and a semi truck. And he's going to stretch him out till he pops. Uh, but Scott Adsit, Deadpool's, I guess, liaison, has uh, gone to a magician and cast a spell, and he can cast his mind into Sabretooth's body, and he tells Deadpool the truth. Deadpool gets dejected, of course. You know, he wants to know that you killed your own parents. Um, and he decides he's going to kill Sabretooth anyway for not stopping him or just for the fun of it. But Magneto shows up and crunches the truck. Uh, Sabretooth shoots a snot rocket for reasons that are unexplained besides it being a Deadpool comic. Um, he calls Sabretooth, or Magneto calls Deadpool the worst Avenger and is mad that Deadpool is going to use a Terrigen Mist to kill Sabretooth. Sabretooth says, no, he was just bluffing. He wouldn't do that. He only had the mist because the Avengers are working on a cure. Um, and Deadpool cares because his daughter is a mutant. Um, Sabretooth cuts Deadpool free. Deadpool fights Magneto and tells him a secret. Magneto says, you better live up to that, and flies away. Um, Sabretooth and Deadpool 
trying to part ways in good company, but when Sabretooth gets on his motorcycle, his ass is super glued to the seat. Deadpool said, oh, I did that before I changed my mind. Um, Sabretooth tries to give Deadpool some life advice. Um, and, uh, what does he say? Uh, where'd they, where'd they go? Well, somewhere. Oh. So Deadpool asks Sabretooth, why are you going to let me go after I tried to kill you? And Sabretooth says this. Because that's what Logan would have done. And I don't know. I'm a sadist. I look forward to doing all this again when your stupid brain forgets it all over. Remember, Deadpool forgets stuff because he has memory, like, problems. Implants, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, Sabretooth rides off into the moonlight. Uh, Deadpool goes to visit Doctor Strange. Apparently he's been trying to help him get memories back. Then he goes and visits the guy in the bar who wrote down all the information for Butler. But Deadpool burns the book and says he's not going to focus on the past. He's going to steal a horse from the Mounties. The end. Um, yeah, art by Lolly was fine. It's pretty good. I like the colors in this book as well. Um, by Ruth Redmond. And the story was fine. I mean, it's a nice little conclusion to the story of, of Sabretooth trying to be the good fall guy. And, of course, eventually it doesn't work. But um, Deadpool is Deadpool. This book is a Deadpool book um, with good art. Overall, I'm going to give Deadpool number 11 four out of six claws. Those are just a nice, fun, solid story with good art. And, you know, we got some kind of insight into Deadpool's past a little bit, stuff like that. So, yeah, so that's going to do it for uh, this episode's Wolverine Roundup. Yeehaw! for episode 178 thanks for listening hope you enjoyed it that that officially closes the comic book on may of 2016 for all things wolverine you gotta keep our nostrils clean um don't you love our shiny sheen i can do this all year folks <laughs> every month <laughs> right <laughs> yes if you didn't hear that then he said we're recording like a machine uh, she got in on the fun, finally. Um, <laughs> yeah, so get your hate mail ready and send it on to us, snickcast at yahoo.com. Twitter is at snickcast. Uh, like the Facebook page. Uh, show notes and stuff at snickcast.podbean.com. Hopefully next up will be a flashback episode, but uh, we'll play it by ear. So until next time, hugs and snicks, everybody. Bye. And snacked.